You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 18 of Podcast PXN. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined by the pride of PlayStation, Sean Babiak. Sean, you look as excited as my boss was today when I was telling him that we need to get iPhone 11s. And by the way, his name's the IT Master, in case you didn't know that. It's kind of a little hidden gem at work. Can we skip this week now, too? Uh, we could, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I was not, but I'm not I thought, down that with You know what? That was pretty good. Say. You know what? deal with it just as a reminder we are live each and every wednesday at 8 p.m eastern time on youtube search podcast pxn and you'll find us on there uh thank you to everyone in the live chat for coming out to the show uh let's go ahead and start with the pxn news of the week like we always do jump right in the first item on the pxn news of the week we have Resident Evil 3 Remake has been reportedly leaked by the PlayStation Store. So, this looks really good already. It looks like Resident Evil 2 Remake uh, levels of remastered. It looks amazing already. I don't just appreciate from the con- that you, you've said the wrong name of this game. What? What's the name of the game? Resident, Resident Evil 3 Resident Remake. Evil 3 Nemesis. Uh, it's actually technically biohazard 3 nemesis because it's actually biohazard in other countries but i hate you well that's <laughs> neither here nor there but i'm very excited for this because i loved resident evil 2 remake on uh this gen this year uh it was super super good really well done gameplay was re- re- revitalized and uh obviously graphics look incredible as well it's super interesting as well with them announcing the project resistance which they're calling resident evil resistance officially now that that's going to be out and that's like a co-op type experience and then they're also working on resident evil 3 remake so i'm assuming we aren't going to get a sequel to resident evil 7 anytime soon which i'm i'm fine with because now if you play resident evil 7 uh for one play the first two thirds and you're gonna have a fun time don't play the last third when you get on the boat and then it's boring um, but I'm, I'm good with that because I think there's a lot to go back to when it comes to Resident Evil, um, especially to improve upon what were tank controls back then. Mm. And don't get me wrong, Resident Evil back in the day was revolutionary. Actually, this is my favorite of uh, that generation mm-hmm. um, because I remember as a kid being freaked out as hell from nemesis the the fact that he was randomly generated in your rooms yeah you had no idea he's coming you could just open a door and then while you're opening that which is always a load screen for the most part back then he would just bust through kill you yeah and it'd be like oh my god i had no idea that was gonna happen but i i still love the complication of the resident evil stories i think it's gonna be harder once this is done to see what they go to next is code veronica next uh Uh, they look at revelations veronica story is awful i i hope they just freaking start working on sequels because to be honest at a certain point uh, there's only so much you can do with remasters and i just want to see new new stuff from as an evil i don't necessarily want to see keep seeing remakes true i would though like to see a balance though because i thought they did very well with this first person resident evil and seven and i think to prove they can still hold that third person over the shoulder 
Resident Evil, um, I think three you're going to get pretty much the same. The engine's already made for them, so I mean, it, that shouldn't take that long for it to be out for us. Possibly you might see it uh, maybe in the... I'd be surprised if it's a February game for it not being announced because Resident Evil 2 was already announced at this time last year. Yeah. Oh, no way. Um, I could see it, though, being next year. I Personally, I think it'll be 2021 at the earliest, and I think, obviously, it'll be next gen. Uh, but honestly, with like you said, the engine's already made. I have a feeling they're pretty much just going to use the Resident Evil 2 remake engine and not really touch it that much. So that being said, I'd say two years is a fair amount of time for dev cycle for something that's already in place. So if that's the case, that'd be like February 2021. Depends on how Capcom really does it. Um, obviously, they saw massive success with Resident Evil 2 mm. to the point where journalists and game media sources are like debating on that being the game of the year because yeah. obviously it's a remake, but it is being held in such high regard. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I This is not a really big secret. Everyone knew pretty much this was coming. Mm-hmm. They This was unofficially announced a long time ago back with resident evil 2 when they were teasing that because they said they wanted to remake both of them uh i'm just glad that it's happening for the most part i'm just curious what's going to change because really the only thing in my mind that needs to change is just the controls same thing with resident evil 4 resident evil 4 everyone knows it's basically the best resident evil game of all time Mm -hmm. You still have tank controls. Which Resident Evil 2 fixed that. Yep. So I would expect them to do the same for 3. So next on our news of the week, we have the Outlast, the Outlast, the Outlast Trials has been officially announced by Red Barrels, the developers of Outlast uh, franchise. So this looks mildly interesting, uh, but also at the same time, it's kind of like, is this really what their forte is? Um, it's being dubbed as like a four-player co-op survival type of experience uh i'm not sure if this is going to be something like they haven't given a lot of details for it but i'm not sure if it's going to be something like you're trying to survive like the night or something or if it's going to be like a rust type survival experience in which personally i don't see myself wanting to get into something like that in the outlast outlast uh brand necessarily i mean there's plenty of other games you can go play if you want to play that kind of experience i think it would be interesting if they came up with uh outlast outlast experience where you work cooperatively to do different puzzles and things uh in order to get kind of like a way out yeah, yeah except like in a horror themes which that would sound super cool which if that's what this is i'd be super down for but Again, they, they were kind of light on details. They didn't really say a whole lot other than four-player survival. Yeah, I'm not huge into the Outlast series. I haven't even checked out the second one, even though it was a PS Plus game from last month. It wasn't big. Um, it's it just it, that type of horror game doesn't really excite me. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a horror game where I actually can affect things, such as like Resident Evil, Silent Hill, um, The Suffering, Dead Space, like where I'm actually like doing something, not just essentially running away from things. True. I get the allure of that. I, I mean, the suspense. I mean, Friday the 13th, everyone loves it because of its glitches, but I mean, that does give you that persistent feeling of like, I am not as powerful as the thing chasing me. I need to get away. Yeah. I just don't find that as compelling. I, I want to be able to, like, I can get there. I yeah. can become more powerful with it. 
Agreed. I mean, you can beat the whole game in Dead Space with your first gun. Agreed. Hard, but you can do it. <laughs> and something like Dead Space is more of a, a story-based game, whereas this is sounding like more something just open-ended. Yeah. The one thing I will give Outlast, though, is always... I think I just said Outlast, too. Outlast. Outlast. Yeah. Out... <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, I, I, I will give the kind of conception of... Or inception of the video <laughs> camera. Conception? Whoops. All right. <laughs> we're oh. just talking to a girl. This is, this, we're just saying all the wrong things this um, week. This is great. So, uh, I like the video camera thing. Yeah. And mostly, I don't like it because of, like, its gameplay element. I like what it can take away from you very quickly. Mm. So, if you don't have batteries, and especially that basement section. Oh, yeah. It, that is nerve-wracking as hell. Mm. You have no idea where you're going. You're kind of just guessing. Yeah. I mean, I my first playthrough, I didn't have that many. I wasn't collecting batteries because I didn't think it was going to be a big part of it. Right. And it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that aspect of it. So if you can kind of get that in a co-op setting, maybe. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, our next item on the news of the week is Call of Duty Modern Warfare Season 1 content has dropped as of yesterday. So there is a lot of stuff that they're adding this. They're dubbing it the biggest free content drop in Call of Duty history, which honestly, it. It almost rivals the content drops that were paid before. They say free here, but it rivals the paid content that they've given in the past for DLC. Um, So this content pack comes with two new weapons, the Holger 26 and the Ram 7. Uh, So two new weapons. Comes with three multiplayer maps, which if you remember when we were talking about Modern Warfare, my one complaint about it is the traditional multiplayer, like the 6v6 multiplayer, doesn't have good maps the maps are awful so this is dropping us some very good maps and the reason we know that is because two-thirds of them actually all of them are uh, call of duty 4 classic maps crash is obviously that's one of the, the most, most famous iconic right? yeah. call of duty 4 map multiplayer map in history it's an amazing map uh shipment is a very chaotic small map but it's beloved as well vacant is a very well-loved map it has uh outside areas and inside areas it's very close quarters uh shotgun heavy um so those maps very good additions so i'm very excited about trying those out uh 2v2 gunfight maps there's three new maps for that as well which they're doing a variant of shipment for that as well obviously they're going to make it even smaller for 2v2 probably or Honestly, it would work as is with 2v2 with how small that Dagon map is. I hated that map back in the day. There's just so much going on. But uh, then there's a new Ground War map as well uh, called Port. What's Ground War? Some kind of new. Ground War is their basically battlefield size uh, multiplayer. So it's like 32 versus 32 or something crazy like that. they also have three new game modes, uh, Reinforce, where you're trying to capture zones and stay alive. Sounds very similar to Domination. Um, I'm sure there's a little twist to it. Infected, Infect Everyone or Survive the Game to Win. That sounds interesting. Again, all these I haven't even played yet, but they sound interesting. So kind of like how um, on Apex, that, yes. that shadow um, mode, basically. And one highlight here, Gunfight OSP, which was actually in the uh, alpha for... Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which is the mode of gunfight where uh, you actually have to pick up the maps on on the uh, actually actual ground. So the map uh, cycles weapons in and out, and you have to pick what weapons you want off the ground as opposed to just... Yeah, I, I remember not liking that mode yeah. just as much because it felt like 
you it was either make or break with whatever you picked up first and it's not as balanced yeah. because not everyone is on the same playing field so there's a lot of stuff in there i'm very excited to kind of jump in and check out those new maps uh obviously i spent my time yesterday with something a little different which we'll talk about is this like bit. the first time they've actually done seasons as their dlc like because obviously that's the thing for epic to do uh respawns now taking that too like yeah is that so, now the thing for them too yes but here's the here's the thing their mm-hmm. content drops in the past have already pretty much been like seasons mm-hmm. so to speak it's just it was paid content and now it's free content okay. Makes sense. so i think they're trying to market it as a season because they have a battle pass like progression system so you can still pay into that if you want to so they're trying to push that idea of which I, i'm to- pretty sure the numbers will show that more people would be willing to do the battle pass yeah. than they are a season pass absolutely agree because yeah. i mean uh apex i only ever had to play once and every single time even though i didn't play season three i was always able to just use whatever i earned yeah. i never had to pay for anything ever again i agree completely yeah. and as much as i crap on freaking activision and how much i hate activision this is a very good thing for call of duty in general and for games in general free dlc for multiplayer is never a bad thing so uh next up we have campo santo has uh put in the valley of gods on hold as they are working on uh their half-life alix development for the vr platforms uh for pc for valve so this kind of sucks for me personally because I really liked Firewatch. Uh, I thought it was a really good game. Um, obviously, it's probably not your type of game because it's one of those like walking simulator, walking simulator so to speak. You're right. I was but, not a fan. But I just love the story of Firewatch and the world. Like it, it had really good characters and it had really good world building. I love that about it. And, and when they announced in the Valley of Gods, I was excited because it looks very simple. It looks very much like uh in the vein of of i almost said overwatch firewatch um but just with a different twist so this is kind of a little bit upsetting for me but i don't know but they're now a valve studio yeah it was earlier this year where they acquisitioned them right yes um and then not to be any offense to campo santo Alex is going to sell gangbusters even with it being vr it is going to be huge for valve because it's connected to Half-Life. Yeah. I mean, so I can understand them wanting to be a part of that. I mean, again, never going to get Half-Life 3. Don't I never believe that it'll happen. It's as close as you're going to get for a long time to anything Half-Life related. So, of course, they want to be a part of that. So, my question to you is that their positioning Alex or Alex, whatever it is, as uh, the next Half-Life game or, or whatever... Do you not think that Valve is doing this to like kind of regarner the interest of Half-Life in order to create Half-Life 3? They already have it. Online support for that is still just staggering, which is astounding to me because now I feel like this generation of gamers, not like you you and I, how we grew up, they didn't experience Half-Life. They they never got like I mean again I think I mentioned this on the show a couple weeks ago um, how when I moved in Half Life Two and I hit a board the board moved mm. and how amazing that was at the time yeah and uh, somebody thinks Half Life is overrated thanks Ben so I do I'm not a huge huge Half Life person but um, I I did think it was like amazing when that happened and then obviously the everything came into full and i remember max Payne. that was huge in them too yeah. 
but it's still, I think, going to be a huge seller. I just don't know if they wanted to do it. Mm. I think they would like almost do a remastered version of the orange box itself. Yeah. And selfishly, because I just want Portal again. To be honest, I agree with Ben. I think Half-Life is overrated, but I think it's because I didn't experience it when it first came out. So I had, my first experience with Half-Life was Half-Life 2 in the orange box. And I tried it. I played like the first, I don't know, hour of it. And I was just done. I was just like, this is not at all what I want. It's It, it was very mundane for me. So I couldn't, I wasn't grasped by it at all. And obviously I had never uh, invested myself into it. So I didn't. Well, the weird comparison that I'll make that'll might make you upset, but it's like same thing with Halo 3. My first time playing Halo 3 was during the Master Chief Collection. So to me, it looked bad compared to games today that, that's and so it, it just didn't do do it for me and i just felt like the gameplay was slow yeah. but again this is coming off of me playing now generation combat mm. of like sprinting and yeah. like different types of controls and stuff like that and I, I know it wasn't supposed to be innovative at all for master chief but that's gonna happen when it comes to these games yeah. like it's if you didn't experience them for a In lot the time. of time, yeah, yeah. Well, why are you gonna love it? That's that's to me the problem with when you think about games like saying the best game of all time or whatever. You can't think of a like best game of all time and just like isolate yourself to saying like what actually is physically the best game of all time because. Halo 3 isn't the best game of all time, like, as far as... I can't believe you're saying that. No, no, no. As, <laughs> as, far, as, as far as, like, holistically, like, number speaking, like, there are games in 2019 that are better looking, better playing, better, etc. Yep. But the experience in the time in 2007, when it launched, the experience that it gave me personally, that's why it's my game of the year, or game of the... the my favorite, favorite game, game in yeah. history. But... That's the problem. Like, you can't isolate your brain to say, you know, what's the best game of all time and then just go with something. I mean, platformers have only evolved the, my entire life. Yeah. I still say Super Mario World is the best platformer of all time. Hmm. Even though I, that is completely biased, just like you're saying. Right. But that's what I will always say that right. it is. Like Ori in the Will of the or Ori in the Blind Forest probably has way better platforming yeah, than so, Mario and World. Amazing game, but, yeah. But the problem is, is like you hold Mario World to a different standard because yep. it came out many, many years ago. Yep. So that that definitely is something interesting uh, to talk about when talking about great games. Though I do say it's a better Metroid than a few Metroids that came out. Yeah, it's, it's better than Metroid Fusion. Metroid Fusion, the best Metroid game. Is that the only one you ever played? No, I've uh, never game played Boy any. Advanced. I've never played any of them. Uh, so next up, we have some Xbox news. So Phil Spencer has been tweeting today that he is now using his uh, Scarlet console as his primary console. So he already has a Scarlet in hand, and he's using it at home. That's exciting. First off, second off. Uh, the Xbox Lockhart, which is the code name for the discless Scarlet uh, console for next gen, that was the one that was rumored for a little bit, and then people were saying it wasn't going to happen. Now there's a report from Kotaku from Jason Schreier that's saying that that is actually still in development, that they're still making that uh, Scarlet that's going to be discless and also a cheaper price point, which to me makes sense. I don't know if they'll necessarily launch it day and date with the fully fledged Scarlet uh, next fall when that comes out, but I definitely think that this is real because just like 
the Xbox One S All Digital Edition. The what? Don't don't use the moniker. The sad edition. (laughs) Yeah, the Xbox One S All Digital Edition. Uh, that came out this gen, and those consoles were on sale on Black Friday for one forty nine. That's insane so pricing. That was my. That was actually going to be my point. Is I'm wondering, and I think this is the folly of Xbox at this point, though I get. Um, is I'd wonder what those numbers truly look like sans Black Friday deal, hmm. because in my opinion, there has to be some reason why they publicly say that this is still coming or i guess not publicly but jason kotaku can speak for every or jason kotaku jason schreier can speak for everybody because he's just an amazing reporter when it comes to gains media yeah um but like there has to be some sort of numbered success that it's showing that this console actually does do enough to justify a, a digital version which surprises me because when they announced the xbox one s all digital edition they uh released it at the exact same price or maybe just a little bit under the xbox regular xbox one s but the xbox one s at the time was on sale for cheaper than all it was yeah the only thing that if i remember correctly it came with a longer xbox gold membership yeah and it did come up come with three months of game Game pass Pass. yes but not ultimate but still game pass but yeah so I definitely think this is an inevitability. I don't know if they'll launch it with Scarlet because it might cause some confusion in like the general audience uh, launching it day and date. But I definitely think it's so. Real. I'll say this as somebody who's not a primary Xbox gamer: um, that if this were something that was true and it was a cheaper edition, so I already have the Xbox One. There's no reason for me to buy the SAT or the Xbox X or anything like that. Um, but if this is a cheaper version of an already probably $500 console, it might actually, as somebody who's going to get a PS5, want to jump on that as well, just so I can have those experiences you could be. Because we know their their first party is getting up there, and I've been nothing but praising their partnership with Nintendo, but I don't think all their partnerships are going to land day and date. Like, I'm not going to get Will the Wisps the day of on Nintendo Switch. And I almost wonder if they do something like they make an Xbox One X except with the scarlet branding essentially and make that the cheaper uh console because obviously the x has been out for two and a half years now so the manufacturing costs have already gone down significantly on that if they put that and brand scarlet with it put the dashboard ui and all that from scarlet on there they brand that as their lesser powerful console wasn't it 299 this black friday if i remember right with jedi fallen order there there were uh deals at like 309 there were all kinds of deals but two i did see one at 299 yes which which is a really good deal so i definitely think that's a a good game yeah i definitely think that's a possibility so Uh, our next news item is Super Mario Maker 2. Update. God, if you could never do that again. Update is out tomorrow, so you were showing me a little bit yeah. about this. So, I I love this game when this came out uh, back in June. Um, I played it very frequently for about two months. I am, full spoilers, not a creator, but I, I enjoy playing all those creations. Um, this was ten times better than the one we got on Wii U. Uh, from the simple fact of that we got Mario-made levels from developers that make Mario games in this crazy atmosphere. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think you ever really got a chance to play it. Nope. Um, now obviously, you can borrow it if you ever want to. Um, but the update that comes out tomorrow is super exciting. 
Um, a few of the little things are like now Spike's going to be there. It's the uh, enemy that like pushes out a ball out of its mouth that has spikes on it and oh, kind of yeah. rolls to you. Um, Bowser? Uh, Bowser doesn't do that. But Bowser's already in the game. Oh, I thought he was being added. I no. thought somebody said he was being added. But... No. Um, who is it? Spike or Pokey is. Oh, uh, Pokey is like the sand, the worm things that have like, you can't touch. Oh, that Yoshi always with eats. the spike? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so those are being added, which is going to be pretty insane when you think about how level designs are going to be, like trying to avoid those. Hmm. Um, there's also the... <laughs> I just saw uh, you waving your hand on the screen there. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, uh, coins that are frozen, which are good for high scores in those levels. Yeah. Uh, also, Mario 3D World is going to have like a dash block, which I don't know if you played any of the Mario Kart kind of made levels on there, or you haven't, sorry. But know. it's going to make it even go faster because a lot of them are time limit. Those are cool. What's amazing is the Master Sword is an item that you will now have in Super Mario Maker 2. What? Yeah, I know. The Master Sword? So what Sorry. that'll do is you'll actually then be transformed into 8-bit Zelda. That's uh, pretty cool. So you'll basically be moving in that 2D space as Zelda or sorry, as Link. Yeah. Um, and then you can you have your shield, your sword, so you'll actually be able to attack things. Hmm. Um, you'll have a bow and arrow, bombs. Um, obviously the Zelda music will all be in there, but this has been one of the most requested things like from Nintendo since Super Mario Maker, the original that people wanted a Zelda Mario Maker. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I never thought we were going to get that, especially because awakening tried to do that, that came out this year. Wasn't that good with their dungeons in my opinion, because you only got to choose from sets. Uh, but now that you're going to create your own, like, I can't wait to see what the community does. So are they adding, like, Zelda objects and stuff? Like, world stuff? Like... Not that I've seen, okay. but you never know gotcha. with them. I mean, the, the music's already been in there, but they're adding more music into it. Uh, I mean, just the care that they keep with this. I'm still so curious what other types of modes we're, ever, we're going to be developing in. Like, so, Super Mario 2, hopefully, one day. Here's a crazy idea. What if they make as their follow-up to Mario Maker to um, make a Nintendo Maker, and you get all these characters that you can play with, like Kirby and all. Like, that would be cool. It would depend, because I don't think the... Th so, like, uh, other franchises in, in uh, Nintendo haven't had such a rapid change and a consistent way to go back and forth between 3D and 2D as Mario has. True. I mean, it would be very hard to do a Metroid and include Mario in there. True. Um, Kirby would probably, like you just said, translate the best. Kirby's not known for being that huge of a seller for Nintendo as compared to other franchises. I mean, Splatoon is still a beast uh, mm -hmm. to this day. So True. I, I don't know. I could see that. I mean, the downfall also is uh, Nintendo Land failed horribly for yeah. the Wii. Uh, or sorry for the Wii U. Um, it was a decent game. The Wii U failed in general. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a it was a decent game, but it was still not what fans were wanting from that. Mm. Uh, excuse me. It'd be very interesting to see if they go that route. My guess is you'd probably see a Zelda maker before you'd see anything else. But I could also see in this be their, in a sense, Smash Brothers, where it's just gonna be something that's reiterated. Switch has only been out almost at three years i mean i don't see this platform going away for probably especially given the success for at least another four years true i mean we could be looking at a ds 
thing where it's just going to be iterative uh, yeah. things going on, like the DSi Lite and, and 3DS. still supports previous Exactly, games. yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so our next story is a PlayStation story. So PlayStation has been announced as the best-selling gaming platform of all time. So this doesn't really shock me personally because it's like PS. When you think about it, PS2 greatest selling console of all time. PS3 almost nearly well, it did at the end of the generation tied everything else, so it had pretty much had the same numbers as all of them. So it was yeah, it very, just started off slow. It, yeah, it was very well selling there. PS4 second best selling game or system of all time now. So like. They have insane numbers from just PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 2 alone. And PS1 and obviously beat uh, Dreamcast and N64 combined, if I remember correctly. Really? The only thing that's surprising to me is how everyone holds NES and SNES so much in high regard. And so you assume that all these people owned one. Yeah. But I guess that was more... When People you kind of think about it, it's more like your family had this console. Yeah. So, like, your sister or your brother, you guys just had one console. You had to share it. You didn't have, like, your own system or anything like that. So, I guess it makes sense because a lot of the days, like, everyone will have their own system because they want to make sure that they're playing at that time. I just think it's it's very interesting that it's actually not Nintendo. But Nintendo has had as great a success as it has it's had failures yeah i mean just look at uh 64 gamecube uh wii u those like while good platforms to their own respect as Ugh. far as things they've done wii like u, i, I actually know. liked wii u i like the whole tv play thing um but they were never able to sell the message and a lot of times did not have the games to support specifically mm. honestly gamecube and 64 were like that too I mean, everyone wanted to talk about how Wii U was this, like, super surprising problem that Nintendo doesn't have that many uh, third parties or that many uh, exclusives coming one after the other after the other. Yeah. N64 was doing that a long time ago. There was a long time between a lot of their launches. And let's just say, without Rare, N64 would have had nowhere near the high-quality games that they had. Yep, minus Donkey Kong 64, I agree. Yeah, (laughs) I still enjoyed it. (laughs) I thought it was good. It's good when you're a kid and you play it again. You're like, oh, God, this was bad. I haven't there was pl- way too much to do. I haven't played it since I was a kid, so that's kind of what we were talking about before. Yeah. Good memories. Let's leave those good memories. I don't really know past. if I had that good of memories, but yeah. well, it was okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's any good memories from Sean Babiak. So, anyways, the, the last news story. I'm just kidding. The last news story is Darksiders Genesis has been getting some reviews. So, obviously, this launched on Stadia. Did it launch on PC as well as Stadia? I was thinking it was I, PC launch as well. I think it's both, yeah. unfortunately. But the reviews have looked very positive. So, yeah. So, like, specifically, I'll call it, like, Mitchell Saltzman from uh, IGN talking about how, like, it honestly feels like one of the best Darksiders games he's ever played. And it's, he said it's like kind of weird to think of that because of how... It's very different. Uh, yeah, and it's obviously a spinoff of this whole thing. You're not getting like a Darksiders 4, you're just getting a Strife story right. before the whole thing happened. So it's just really interesting how like they can actually succeed with a spinoff. I'm obviously still very disappointed that I am not able to play this until February um, yeah. because I love the Darksiders series. Um, I, I really can't wait till you play the fourth or sorry, the third, since it's on Game Pass. Yep. Um, I know you're going to hate it. It's on my list. I know you're going to hate it, but I can't wait till you play it. Play it on easy. Yeah. Problem solved. 
Hopefully. I don't know. I never played on easy. Uh, although I say <laughs> yeah. that, and I played Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order on the second easiest difficulty, <laughs> and I put a gash in my wall. <laughs> Did you? Somewhere. Yeah, I didn't know that. You see that white spot right there on the wall? Oh, that's that's not good. Yeah. Um, but it, it looks like the not just the combat, but like the puzzles. And honestly, they say Strife pairs very well with War. Um, because that's your other playable character in the game. And if you play Darksiders 1, you know War is a terrible character. He's very one-dimensional, like, what is going on? I didn't do this. And, like, Strife is kind of a prick. He just makes jokes about everything. And it's kind of cool to play that type of character in that universe yeah. that kind of takes itself a little too serious, and it doesn't seem like this character does. So I'm not buying a Stadia just to play this, no. but it does look... It just makes me excited for February when this comes out. I agree completely. I love Darksiders too. The first Darksiders people uh, link to Zelda a lot. hundred percent, yeah. But personally, the first Darksiders just felt very rough around the edges for me personally. I I didn't really enjoy it as much. I liked it, but I didn't love it. If that makes sense. But Darksiders two, I absolutely loved. So I really wanted to play Darksiders three, and then you made that comment about me probably hating it. And I was like, eh, I'll probably push it back a little bit in my backlog I, I just i i think it is a little too much like darksiders where it can't or dark side dark souls mm. to where it can get a little overwhelming with a lot of enemies frustrating yeah gotcha but the bosses are very clever i thought the story was really good so let's jump into the games we are playing so obviously we're i'm playing or i was playing star wars jedi fallen order uh, but this episode is actually going to be dedicated to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, so that'll be the topic of the show, so stay tuned for our reactions to that. Obviously, I love the game. Uh, I wouldn't be talking about it if I didn't love it, probably, but uh, that'll be in the topic of the show more so than now. Uh, I also played, I've, I have a ton of stuff that I played over the break. Mortal Kombat 11, I bought on super deep discount on Xbox Store. They had a really good sale for it Black Friday. I bought that, and I already beat the campaign. It's a nice, like, five, six-hour campaign. Very easy, and that is the exact thing I needed after playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Let me just hint at that. Uh, so it was a very easy game. Daniel had a little trouble with the boss. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved uh, the story of Mortal Kombat 11. I loved how it continued X's story and also Mortal Kombat 9, which was just called Mortal Kombat. But it really ends that arc where it feels like a trilogy uh, coming to an end, uh, so to speak. And almost like they're setting it up to be like a rebirth for the next game. Uh, if they have a next game, I would assume they will. Yeah. Um, I, I liked uh, just like how... Uh, we were both off at the time, and we were both just, like, watch, you were playing, and I was watching, and just, like, obviously, this is the first time both you and I are seeing it, and just watching the uh, Brutal, mm. I think that's what they were called, yep. and watching the just disgusting, unnecessary gore that was happening, and oh. it was just like, oh, it's, I didn't know that was gonna <laughs> It's so good, and sometimes I would just let the uh, CPU, like, take me down yeah, a few notches so, so I could see yeah. it, yeah. I mean, the gore in that game is insane, but the story in my opinion, is one of the most underrated things. Mortal Kombat, in my opinion, has the best story of any fighting games out there, bar none. Uh, there's not a whole lot of fighting games that even attempt a story, uh, but the fact that they're able to create something so good is, is amazing. Um, so my next one that I have is Halo Wars 2 Awakening the Nightmare DLC. I finally beat that. 
it's been a long it's been out a long time like it's been out like two years now halo wars 2 has been out for three years i think uh but this dlc has been out for two years uh and <laughs> and uh <laughs> <laughs> that's funny Oink. Oink. <laughs> I just hope my computer pulled up porn. That, that, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that All right. Was just, that was great. Great show, guys. All right. That, that'll be it for this week. Awakening the funny. Nightmare DLC. Super good. I, I'm not tracking this. I have no show. idea what to do. I got to do that more often now. That was awesome. All right. So, Awakening the Nightmare DLC. I really like how they take this DLC and make it uh, covenant focused. So the campaign of the regular uh, campaign of Halo Wars 2 was very UNSC focused. And some people question that because the original game had uh, some back and forth that you could play on, on both sides. But I kind of liked seeing it just from the UNSC side because it had more story beats that kind of connected to the whole Halo universe. Um, but awakening the nightmare you get the perspective of the brutes and you kind of have atriox like basically demanding uh you to recover something and then when you go to recover something he gets pissed off when the floods ended up unleashed and that's kind of an interesting dichotomy but it reintroduces the flood to the halo universe that hasn't been around since halo 3 because uh, obviously halo 3 i didn't realize that was the last time Yep, Halo 3 ODST didn't have it, uh, Halo Reach didn't have it, Halo 4 didn't have it, Halo 5 didn't have it, and the original Halo Wars may have had the Flood, but that takes place before the events, and that was technically 2009. I'm good. I was never a fan of the Flood, Yeah, the besides flood, library. The, but this is, the interesting thing is, is this has huge implications for Halo Infinite, I almost said Halo 6, Halo Infinite, because uh halo wars 2 leads directly into uh halo infinite and leads directly away from halo 5's uh, events of cortana taking over the um the ai and everything and the guardians and this will be very interesting to see if this affects halo infinite because i love to see the flood back in halo the traditional mainline series for the first time since three because they bring such a different atmosphere than the Covenant brings and also the Forerunner, or the uh, Prometheans. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, and my last game is technically DLC for a game, but Halo Reach for Master Chief Collection launched yesterday. I spent many hours already into the campaign. I'm already 65, 70% through the campaign in one night of playing it because I played nonstop. Uh, you did play nonstop. I this is the first time I played Reach's campaign in a very long time too because I didn't play Reach at all on uh, backwards compatibility on Xbox One. So it's really been since I had my 360 that I played Halo Reach's campaign. So I am loving going back to it, and it's such a good campaign. It's very well underrated in my opinion. And I, I just love how it sets up for Halo CE. It literally leads right into the opening moments of Halo CE, which is, to me, the best way they could have, Bungie could have ended their time with the Halo series, kind of going full circle. That was incredible for me. I um, hate Kat. And, yeah, Kat. Cat. Cat is annoying. the hell out of me. Cat is very annoying. She's a very disliked character in, in Halo Reach. But, uh, yeah, overall... 
Super excited for that. And also Master Chief Collection is now out on PC. So there's no excuse if you're out there and you own a PC or an Xbox, get Master Chief Collection. So if I remember right, you told me weeks ago that it will go like when you install it on your PC, you don't just get all the games right away. You have to you have to play the campaigns of right. Reach, well, then one. No, it, so they're releasing the games one by one. They're releasing, I'm sorry. Okay. So, so right now, uh, PC only has Halo Reach uh, on available. Okay. So you can either pay $10 for just Halo Reach if that's all you want, or you can pay $40 for the whole Master Chief collection, essentially pre-ordering it. Why wouldn't uh, you? But it's, yeah, it saves you $20 rather than buying each game individually. Yeah. So that's an amazing price for PC, $40. Quite frankly, I'm surprised they didn't launch at 60 So... $40 is a great deal. Uh, definitely hop on that. And Halo Reach is the first one to come out. They're going to go in chronological order. So Halo C will be next, 2, 3, uh, 3 ODST, and then 4. So, um, yeah, that, that'll be good. I'm excited. So, um, so I, I won't do Jedi Fallen Order because we're about to. Uh, suffice to say, I love the game. Uh, my actual other one, though, that I was playing in between my Jedi Fallen Order was Rezogun. Save the last humans. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, I like to play this game from time to time, um, mostly because I think it is probably one of the best launch games in recent memory when it comes to any console. Um, not only was it able to show off the power of these consoles, specifically PlayStation, with all the particle effects and everything and what the new controller could do, but it was just a fun-as-hell arcade game. I mean, that's the only reason why I keep playing it. I have the platinum for it. I just like to, like, keep improving my score. I keep trying to beat it on one life on Veteran. It's yeah. not working. I can get to the third planet and then, boom, die. I actually really want to check out the DLC that was released that I never even realized there was DLC for the game. Uh, I don't. I want to wait till I see it on a discount or something like that. But, I don't know, it just reminded me of how fun, like, even if a story is, or a game, like, has like a compelling story like really gameplay is king in the end oh, yeah. and that just reminds me that those types of arcade games just their gameplay is fantastic i can keep playing that game all day same thing with super stardust um i i think housemark is probably the best arcade developer there is at this point mm-hmm. uh when it comes to their other games alienation dead nation um i still need to check out ex machina um although they're supposedly going away from that i know which is kind of uncharted territories but at the same time a developer that we're about to talk about is going in different territories too um but i I really think their bread and butter just keeps uh, arcade just shows how well they do with that stuff agreed so let's jump into the topic of the show star wars jedi fallen order both of us beat it over the break so the game is absolutely in general is absolutely amazing i will just run over my brief comments because i don't i don't really need to dive too much into it. i know you have a lot to talk about for your stuff so i'll leave that time for you uh i love the game i thought it was fantastic story uh i really like the characters the main character was a little dull for me but uh the other characters were very cool uh i really liked the environments i liked the worlds maybe could have done with maybe another world uh kind of seemed a little light in terms of that um if i had one complaint obviously i didn't explore everything and all that but 
really love the gameplay as far as certain aspects go, but uh, there is some small complaints I have about the game, which uh, the one complaint that I find uh, myself coming back to is going to the uh, respawn locations and having to go down and meditate every time you want to save. That kind of annoys me because it takes me out of the experience each time I have to do that. And like sometimes I'm not wanting to spend experience points or maybe I don't have enough. Uh, obviously, you've seen me play games like Borderlands and that where I've it says experience points on the screen, but I'm like, I don't care how I get to it when I get to it. Uh, I kind of wish it would let me do that a little more, have a little more forgiving save action instead of, you know, you saved 10 minutes ago, go backtrack for 10 minutes uh, if you die. Uh, but the other complaint I have is the combat, when you're blocking someone, if you're, or I'm sorry, when you're attacking someone, if you're in the middle of a lightsaber attack and someone comes at you to attack you, you can't instantly press the uh, parry button and uh, block that attack while you're in the middle of another attack. That drives me insane. It's kind of like if anyone's ever out there ever played Batman uh, series or there's other games that have done it as well. Uh, Shadow of Mordor and, and Shadow of War series. Uh, plenty of games that have done it where you press one button and no matter what you're doing, doesn't matter if you're attacking, defending, whatever, jumping around, it will do an instant parry or, you know, defense attack. And this game doesn't have that. And I found myself getting frustrated many times on bosses as well as like regular encounters when I'm trying to go in guns blazing, which I love to do, and swing my lightsaber God, all over the place. Yes. And swing my lightsaber all over the place and then get frustrated when i get hit and i can't counter attack uh at the at the same time as i'm attacking which gets very frustrating and to me it just slows down the gameplay personally um but overall i really like the game uh the second to last boss battle can go ahead and go to hell because that was ridiculous <laughs> uh i threw my controller many times uh that night uh i threw a christmas ornament which uh put a white spot on my on my wall um so yeah that, uh, that frustrated me quite a so, bit. So, as far as everything goes, this is now in a tie with my game of the year. Um, should come as no surprise that as a Metroidvania clone that I love this game. And then when you combine it with Soulsborne-type gameplay, that exponentially gratifies it. Um, so, first, I 100% agree with you on the story. Um, this is probably one of my favorite original uh, Star Wars stories that's going to be considered canon for everything, uh, minus the character of Cal. Uh, Cal Kestis, I care less about. Yep. He really was a dull character for the most part. He got better in the end. Yes. I will give him that. Um, I didn't think, what's-his-face, Mohana Monahan? How do you say his name? Mm, I don't know. The guy that plays the Joker in the yeah. Batman series and also oh, Cameron, Shameless. Cameron Ma Monaghan? Mon Monaghan? Okay. Something like that. I, I didn't think he did a bad job. I don't think he was given enough character development with that stuff yeah. um, until really the very end. But your shipmates is honestly what makes that well, game. The good thing is is nobody spoiled the end of the game. Well, yeah. And that <laughs> don't watch commercials for this game. Please don't if you are not if you have not decided to play it yet or not. Yeah. Um, it, it it's so stupid um but the story is hands down one of my favorite i really hope this is a series now i hope this is not just a one-off agreed 
EA has floundered this license for so long to see this success. It is now the fastest selling Star Wars game of all time. Um, I, I love that Respawn's getting this love for the game. Mm-hmm. I would just hate to see it like, boom, hey, you did this amazing thing. By the way, license is gone. You can't make another one. Yeah. Um, as far as your issues with the combat, um, I don't echo those. Uh, because it is very Soulsborne in that sense. And that's why I hate it. Um, I'm used to that type of respawn point. Um, hence the, the phrase get good. Uh, you don't, this is not a game where you go in lightsaber blazing. Mm. You, you should always be strategic when it comes to that stuff. Not these types of games. Um, so I disagree with that. Uh, the combat I thought felt very smooth. The, power that you feel as a jedi is i think better replicated than it was in force unleashed um it reminded me of uh star wars jedi master it was a pc game where you were a jedi or becoming a jedi might have been jedi knight it was an old like in the 90s pc game um very but it was like first person and everything um it was really it's not jedi no it's not that one first person it it's might. from 90s. Maybe that. Oh, Kyle Katan. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Sorry. It is Star Wars Jedi Knight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love those those two games because there was two of them. Um, they were so much fun and, and you felt like so powerful as a Jedi then. Um, and you feel that way too. You feel like you're growing with the Force. And I think the fact that you don't have Force powers in the beginning is very well explained in the story um, with how it connects to it. Um, I'm in the process of still 100%ing it because that's the type of thing I like to do with these games. Um, the little story beats that they give you are very Dark Souls again like, where it's the story that you find. So it's very interesting to find out like stories about the characters. You find out a lot more about like um, the Night Sisters and Night Brothers. Which, in case you're wondering what a Night Brother is, basically what Darth Maul's uh, race was in the movies. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, the spoiler stuff that you get to see is really interesting too, um, with how it's done. I think in a very respectful way to Star Wars as a whole. Oh, at the end. Uh, not just at the end. There's some stuff in the middle too. Oh. Okay. Um, but I thought like having that in there. Well, it's been ruined now for a lot of people, and I'm not going to ruin it myself. No. But I thought how they did that was very cool. It was perfect. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a perfect time to be a Star Wars fan at this point because movie comes out in a few weeks. Mandalorian's doing very well. This game's doing awesome. Um, more or less, what I want to kind of speak on, though, is how impressive it is that Respawn just continues to nail it, man. Yeah. I mean, they have got to be looked at as a top-tier developer these days, yep. truthfully. Like, not only can they make some of the best FPS-feeling games that you'll ever play, yep. but they just proved that they can make a third-person action game, too, yep. and succeed in a licensed third-person action game. That mm-hmm. is most impossible respawns never made a bad game yeah 100 percent. i 100 percent agree with you even even the original titanfall it was it wasn't a bad game it just it was just light on content yeah it was very light on content yeah. no it was really cool i remember seeing it at the yeah. um the e3 that year and i'm just like this looks cool i don't like the online only but it looks cool yep. um and so i played that i'm actually excited to play titanfall 2 it's a ps plus game this month yeah um so that's really going to be interesting 
But, I mean, I can't recommend this game enough to people. Um, there weren't really Black Friday sales besides the Xbox One X. Uh, it came with that edition. Which, that was a great deal. It was. God, well, that was a really good deal. $200 off the console plus a game that just $60 came out. game. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, really, this game, I think, can do great for both people like me who like that harder difficulty level in a story-based game. Because I was playing it on, I played it on the third uh, difficulty level so jedi jedi master mm. is what i played it on um and that felt very uh souls like to me yeah. and i think people like you that are more interested in the story and kind of just going through experiencing that star wars thing i still i still think can find enjoyment even with a little bit of more unforgiving combat than you're used to well i did see a lot of people were playing this on the lowest difficulty which i played on the second lowest which is kind of like a normal yeah. uh, difficulty so to speak uh and a lot of people were saying they were playing on the lowest difficulty just because they wanted to experience the game and uh, aren't necessarily as well versed and that was kind of my comments about the gameplay is just it might turn off people who would be interested in checking out the story and maybe they don't necessarily want to keep getting frustrated over and over it is because that's that's the unfortunate part about the souls born genre is that it has such a negative connotation and it's everyone thinks it's a barrier to get in those games too like you obviously already have played them you know they're not for you but somebody who's heard the stories about how they're punishing games they're very hard yeah they're not going to want to try it to figure out i i honestly was skeptical until bloodborne Mm. i never played a souls game until bloodborne and then i was like oh i didn't realize this was like this oh i can do this easily oh this is fun yeah so i mean you just gotta try it out yeah i agree and the other thing is is i almost wish and i know you said that you didn't agree with my comments before but i almost wish they would have gone the approach of making the hardest difficulty the difficulty catered to like the dark souls audience and have those dark souls like things like the meditation points and uh the gameplay mechanics that you're enjoying and have the gameplay mechanics that i enjoy and also quick saves and stuff like that for lower difficulties just as kind of a middle ground because people who want that experience that's cool but then people that don't want that experience you also give them an option as well that's sure it could be something you might see in a future iteration for sure um i know we're probably gonna try to wrap it up but i will say this bd1 best droid in star wars best droid in star wars we agree bd1's awesome bd1 is your like literally stands for buddy but it is the Funniest, cutest, saddest, greatest companion droid that you'll ever have. Yep. I know it's probably sacrilegious to say that against like R2 and 3PO and 88. Yep. Um, like it's just, he was not only so helpful, the way that he's used is so clever. Yep. You really feel almost isolated after Order 66 and that this droid is the only person that you can talk to. Yeah. And in a sense, you t- it talks back to you just through the beeps but it, it's just such a good character in that game agreed so we'll uh, move on to the top five games we wish we could play again for the first time so my first game is is and i kind of went in the approach of like what games did i play that had like crazy twists or games that are just unbelievable because i want to experience them again for the first time so my first one is one that has one of the biggest gaming twists in history, which is Bioshock. That ending and 
that ending was just incredible. And if you haven't played Bioshock, uh, I feel like we're at the... I'm, go- I'm good with you. All these games yeah. uh, have been out for a for long, a long time. time. So, yeah, so you're good to spoil any of these games. So, well, except for mine. One of mine I can't. Okay. So Bioshock, absolutely incredible. The would you kindly throughout the entire game, you are just in a trance, so to speak. Your character in the game is in a trance, but you're also in the same trance because you don't realize what's going on. You're, you get through the entire game and you get to the end and he's like, would you kindly? And you're like, what? No, what? And you just, that blew my mind. Like, I think that was the first game that I played where I was like, what just happened? Like, I just went through that whole game, did all of those things that he said because he said, would you kindly? Like, that was just such an amazing twist. And I don't ever, I don't know if any game will ever top that twist ending uh that's gonna be very difficult for me personally to to top so to go off of yours i actually put bioshock infinite and i looked at it kind of like yours but i also looked at the experience as well as a whole um so one i'm gonna state this for the record i hate revisionist history i hate that it's such a cool thing to jump on this game now and say that it wasn't that good it, like it had a yeah. lot of problems like this game was a lot of fun it was a great game it held up even when they re-released it on these current gens this game was a good game mm-hmm. um i the reason why i would love to play this again is because i was very invested in that story and the twists and the turns and the time travel and the connection to one yeah how it did um i was mm-hmm. like taken aback by the whole thing yeah um i couldn't believe basically that the entire time you were comstock yeah. Um, I did not see that coming. I never put the tattoo together, mm-hmm. even though you can see it on your hand the entire time you're shooting at everything. Yep. Um, I just thought it was a great story. Uh, Elizabeth was one of those companions that didn't annoy you. Mm-hmm. All your companions always annoy you. Ashley at Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Ellie, Leon, help me. Ellie being out in the open during yeah. every color in Last of Us or cover in Last of Us. Elizabeth just she is so helpful. Yes, she threw in the what was it the, the riffs tears. the tears, yep. and then she also gave you ammo if you were running low on something. It was so useful to yeah. have her. Um, and just the crazy guns, the uh, not the I wanted to say vats, the vigors. Um, like they were so interesting in how you could use the power. The traversal was amazing too. Like that whole rail system was really a cool way to take down enemies. Almost like Sunset Overdrive before. Yeah. And then my scariest enemy in that entire game was actually not the, uh, the bird, uh, was actually the, um, the heart man. Oh Um, yes. Uh, I can't remember what they call him. Uh, I think it was heart something, but anyways, the only way to kill him was to shoot at the heart. You couldn't shoot at his head. Mm -hmm. You had to break the glass where his heart was. And that was not an easy enemy. He was a bullet sponge and it was just awesome to keep like, basically trying to figure out how you're going to survive it the whole time handyman handyman there we go because he could one hit kill you all he had to do was just swipe you but that's a game i would love to experience again yep so my next one is heavy rain so heavy rain instantly starts you in a place where you're like what in the heck is going on you lose your son uh you're in the middle of a mall uh his name's sean you go through and you here yeah no not you sean he keeps yelling, Sean, Sean, Sean. And it's it's such a crazy intro to uh, a video game. And I love the different perspectives that you get in that game. Like, you play as different people. And obviously, the one big twist is you're actually playing as the origami killer. Like, you play as him. It, was, it ended up being the de- detective. 
and you don't see that coming at all because you're literally playing as him and you don't you don't anticipate that kind of thing so like another again another huge twist that i didn't expect to encounter is another reason why i would love to play heavy rain again yeah and it was obviously a product of its time yeah uh for with everything that was going on too um my next one is metroid prime the original for gamecube um so I, everyone I've, I've mentioned my love of metroid this was a first person metroid and one of the most beautiful games at that time I mean, it was just stunning when I put this in on Christmas Day because I remember getting this for a Christmas present, uh, and I just I dove into that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so cool to finally visualize yourself as Samus. It translated very well to a pseudo FPS. Wait, she's a chick? Sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah, so we were looking up stuff, by the way. We're going to edit this or cut into this. Yeah. We were editing stuff like, oh, uh, what's like the greatest spoilers of gaming history? Yeah. And one of them said Metroid. No, oh, like, what is Metroid? <laughs> and then Daniel scrolls down. It's like, oh, yeah, when she's revealed us that yeah. she's a girl. I'm yeah. like, how is that a, a twist? No, yeah, I don't <laughs> like, know. Like, if you died in the game, yeah. you saw her blow up and you saw her get out of the suit. Oh, really? So I didn't understand how that was a spoiler. Yeah. But whatever. Um, But Metroid Prime was just so pretty. The gameplay was so good. We're one day getting a fourth, I don't know, maybe next century at this point. That got rebooted. (laughs) There's rumors that next year will be Prime Trilogy, and then probably 2021 would be Prime will. I will hands down buy that Prime Trilogy. I bought it on the Wii U just to play Prime again. I don't even care about playing the third one. I'm not a big fan of Metroid Prime 3. But it's just such a gorgeous game. Ridley is so well realized as far as being this gigantic alien in front of you. And it was just amazing to explore that in a 3D atmosphere. You mean he's not a dinosaur? He looks like a dinosaur in Smash Brothers. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. His amiibo does too. Yeah. Uh, Next up we have, for my list, Fallout 3. So Fallout 3, there's, again... So many unexpected things in this game that you're like, what the hell did I just experience? So very early in the game, there's a city, and I've talked about this before. There's a city called Megaton, and you go to Megaton. You can go to Megaton and blow up Megaton as soon as you get there. You don't even talk to anybody or anything. You could just go there and blow it up. And like things like that in Fallout 3 are so freaking hilarious to me because... Like you can psychopath. No, not not like that. But like the fact that you can basically make your own story and create something that uh, maybe no one else would necessarily do. Uh, I know a lot of people did that just because of the sheer effect of it. It put a giant hole in the map and it was kind of interesting. But Fallout 3 had a lot of cool mechanics like that that were kind of a first in the series. And also it it was literally a reboot of Fallout. I mean, Fallout 1 and 2, very different oh, games. Oh, God, yeah. So, I played Fallout 2 on the computer. Yeah. Yeah, it's very different. And Fallout 3's story is masterful. Todd Howard is a freaking god. I love Todd Howard, so uh, I would love to go back to play that. Mm. Uh, my next one is Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, for the PlayStation 2. Um, so this is coming off of the success of Metal Gear Solid which was a groundbreaking game, uh, not just for PlayStation, but put Kojima like as the upper echelon of developers. Um, this game actually really does have a huge twist because you, you played a demo in Zona Enders where you were playing a Solid Snake. 
everything that they were showing you was about Solid Snake. Then you play the game. The first hour and a half, two hours you play Solid Snake, you never do again. The rest of it you play is riding a new character that was very controversial for people to play. Most people just wanted to play a snake. I actually didn't think Raiden was that bad, but the story had a lot of twists. I mean, you find out there's another snake brother after Liquid died in a way, even though he technically took over Ocelot's body. Um, But you find out about Solidus Solidus Snake, um, who's the other clone brother. Um, You have, the entire time, this is a stealth action game. And the very end takes place where the ship crashes in D.C., and you have a sword fight with Solid as Snake. That is the basis for Metal Gear Solid Revengeance. That gameplay then is brought up as an entire game in Revengeance when it comes to sword fighting. Yeah. And the sword fighting was actually very good. Forgot about Revengeance. Yeah. Announced um, on Xbox 360 stage yeah. for the first time. Yeah, it was it was an amazing game. I liked the story. I didn't understand. But it's, <laughs> it wasn't Kojima either. Uh, but it was still a very good game. This is Platinum, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was just such a weird and interesting thing. Uh, I mean, uh, Autogon's in that too again. It, the the connection to Shadow Moses is really cool uh, from the first game. So it was just, I, I can't imagine what that would be like if I, I played that for the first time as an adult. I played that as a kid. Like, it yeah. was just crazy as a kid. Mind-blowing. Uh, my next one is Mass Effect 2. So this was in the freaking prime years of bioware obviously we've uh, come a little bit away from that lately with bioware with anthem and uh the struggles there dragon age or dragon age mass effect uh good Andromeda. luck bioware in the future yeah, yeah but mass effect 2 absolutely love this game my favorite mass effect game by far the suicide mission in that game was incredible the choices you have to make for your squad mates in that is super cool and like that's to me one of the most interesting things you do all these uh squad um companion missions and you progress with them throughout the entire game and the choices you make on those uh companion missions could be could mean the life or death of some characters when it comes to the final suicide mission uh at the end of the game and those choices are super interesting to me because there's so many outcomes that can happen from that suicide mission like people uh, characters can die that you obviously lose for the rest of the uh, trilogy and mass effect 3 uh because you import your saves and all of that Uh, it's a really cool mechanic yeah absolutely that was absolutely amazing Uh, ahead of its time and that ending was absolutely incredible i love mass effect 2 uh, so my next one is uh, Final Fantasy VII. So I, unfortunately, I'm going to go into this. I apologize. I know this game comes out next year in the remake version, but it's still, this is like the ultimate spoiler for one. I would love to go back and experience this for the first time because it was, excuse me, the first PlayStation 1 Final Fantasy. It was on four or five discs if i remember right it was my first multi-disc game on playstation um and it the story was very incredible but what really gets me is that i had no idea about Aerith the whole time uh so if you don't know who Aerith is she's pretty much the girl that they always show in trailers um that's wearing pink um you recruit her very early on on your team she is used primarily as like kind of your white mage, your healer, all this stuff. 
in my personal opinion, this is a white mage is somebody who you really like to have in your parties with when it comes to JRPGs because it can really be a helping hand, and you just max out the other two with damage. Uh, she dies like halfway into the game after you've leveled her up this whole time. I won't tell you how she dies, but she permanently dies. And there's nothing you can do in the story. And I had no idea this was going to happen. So as a kid playing this game, I am like broken because I'm like, I have no one else that I have been, I've been running essentially the same team the whole way through with her. And I had not been focusing on anybody else. And to start having to take on the ultimate weapons and Sephiroth and all these other things like going on without a healer, a main healer at that point, I'm just Mm -hmm. like, I'm screwed. And I, obviously, I was just like, I can't believe they killed her. She yeah. was a main... Like, I didn't... Main character. Yeah, most of the time in JRPGs, your main character, like, especially your core that you play with, they're safe. Jeez. They might die in the end, yeah. like, when you're done playing, but they don't die in the middle of the game. Mm-hmm. So, just a crazy thing to experience for the first time. Agreed. So, my last one is obviously gotta be the GOAT, which is Halo 3, of course, as I've said many times before. This was my favorite game of all time. Uh, I would absolutely love to have the chance to play this game uh, with without pl- having played it before uh, for the first time again. Uh, thing about Halo Three is is it's the perfect game in the time. It had innovations like theater and forge that were kind of ahead of its time and kind of set the standard. Uh, it had absolutely incredible narrative. Uh, just. I remember finding Cortana uh, in the depths of the flood, uh, flood's grasp, the grave mine, uh, and like that moment where you reconnect with Cortana after spending almost an entire game without her was just incredible for me. Like you spend so much time with Cortana in Halo Two and build that relationship with her, and then at the end of Halo Two when she says she's staying behind to activate in amber clad's reactors that was that was so gut-wrenching and then coming back to halo 3 and being like oh wow there's cortana and like she's back and then at the end of halo 3 obviously chief and cortana together uh kind of one last hurrah and then they're kind of floating in space and and that's the end of that trilogy uh it's just the perfect end to a amazing trilogy in my opinion so uh so my last one is the last of us um so i i think i've told this on the i own this game i own it now on ps plus again i have yet to go back to it because it is such a hard game in my opinion to go back to because you want that one experience to be your experience agreed um that's why i would love to go back to it because i want to experience that again yeah the twists the turns the surprises the i felt emotions i think for the first time in like 20 years during the first like 10 minutes of that game i had no connection to his daughter at all and then suddenly i did and suddenly yeah. I was heartbroken for him that that happened. And just... And the way they build up to that, like where you play as the daughter and you're like cy- cycling the inside of the vehicle, like looking outside at all, everything And seeing like happening. some things cha- chasing, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's just... I, I would l- love to do that one again. I've been watching some of that series of Never Have I Ever on IGN. Yeah. Where it's like the first time people play in that game. I would love to see somebody's first take on the last of us even though it's very rare to find people in gaming that haven't played that game true um but it's just it it will hands down be known as 
one of the most essential games in the 360 uh, PS3 generation. Yeah, I agree. Um, and Naughty Dog cemented their legacy just with that game. You could, they could not have made any Uncharted's and made that game after uh, Crash, and they would have cemented themselves. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so that's the end of our show. Uh, thank you guys for coming out to the live show. Appreciate you guys checking out our episode 18. Uh, remember, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so make sure to check us out on YouTube. Uh, I'm also going to add one more thing. So I was watching uh, a little bit ago, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was watching some videos of some people I used to watch on podcasts, and they no longer do the podcast, and they kind of inspired me to do this podcast, so I feel, feel like I owe them a little bit of a tribute, whether they know it or not, they probably don't even listen to this, but uh, despite it, I kind of want to throw in this uh, little bit of a tribute uh, to them at the end of each podcast episode, just kind of a wink wink you know what i'm saying so without further ado much love and keep on gaming deuces <laughs>